Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The information depicted in this podcast is purely for informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional before making any changes to your lifestyle or routine. Hey everyone and welcome to the Boost Your Biology podcast. My name is Lucas and I'm the founder of Ergogenic Health. Together in this podcast series, we will go underground to explore cutting-edge health and human performance insights that you simply cannot search on Google to help you upgrade your existence. So without any further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Boost Your Biology podcast. Today's special guest holds a master's degree from McGill University in neurophysiology. He is the author of several scientific articles in the field of epileptogenesis and more recently in the field of stem cell research, where he created a newly therapeutic approach called endogenous stem cell mobilization. He's also the author of the best-selling book, Cracking the Stem Cell Code, and he created the concept of stem cell enhancement by developing the first plant-based product supporting the natural role of stem cells in the body. Christian Drapo, welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here, Lucas. Awesome. Christian, maybe let my listeners know a little bit about your story and let them know about how you got so fascinated into, I guess, uh, stem cell research? Well, what got me in stem cell research, uh, I was, uh, so I was working essentially doing studies in the brain and there's a company in 1994, actually they had been on the marketplace for a while, but this company that had a product, which was blue green algae from Klamath Lake. And one of the main benefits was an enhancement of 
mental energy, mental focus, a sense of well-being. So I was hired to study that product. We are in the early days of the Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act in, in America. So companies needed to have science behind the claims that they're making. So I started to study this product. I can make the story long, but if I start with the short statement, studying this product, we started to uh, observe benefits that really we could not explain. Not only they were extensive in the benefits themselves, but they were touching so many different aspects of human health, the heart, the brain, the lung, liver function, pancreatic function, the skin. So the question was, what is this product doing bringing benefits to so many different aspects of human health? And one thing leading to another, really following the traditional scientific investigation path, then we discovered that this product acted by triggering the release of stem cells from the bone marrow. So basically, it took everything that I was doing and turned it into the direction of stem cell research. So it's really how I came to stem cell research. Incredible. So maybe let's all start with, I guess, um, understanding a little bit about stem cells themselves. And I know you just said, you just mentioned that they're produced by our bone marrow. Maybe explain Correct. to my listeners a little bit about what stem cells are, their function, um, and specific ways that we can stimulate and increase their production? Stem cells are cells that self-replicate, meaning they will multiply, make copies of themselves as fewer stem cells, uh, essentially the entire life of an individual. Uh, and they have the ability of transforming into various types of stem cells. They are generally speaking, uh, of course, we can sub, we can split that into subcategories, but generally speaking, two broad types of stem cells, at least from our world uh, perspective, embryonic stem cells and adult stem cells. Embryonic stem cells are cells, stem cells that are there in the early embryo. So we're talking about eight to 10 days old embryo. You can isolate these stem cells and use them to reconstitute a full organism. Past that time, stem cells become more what we call fetal stem cells. They have great capacities, uh, capabilities, but they're not embryonic stem cells. As an organism evolves and is getting close to birth, the stem cells now are, are considered adult stem cells. There's not Calling them adult is probably not the right term, uh, but, but that's what they are. So umbilical cord stem cells, placenta stem cells, all these stem cells around birth are adult stem cells, including the ones that are left in our body uh, as we age. So from the day that we are born, we have stem cells. The bank of our stem cells is the bone marrow. Stem cells will leave the bone marrow, go into every tissues, and will replenish what we call tissue-specific stem cells. Every tissue has its own stem cells to, to satisfy its own self-repair, but they're replenished from the bone marrow. And what is really the discovery uh, that we did, by we, I mean I did, but the scientific community in the early 2000s, is that adult stem cells from our bone marrow has always been traditionally believed to be precursors to blood cells. They become red blood cells, platelets, white blood cells. That's it. They don't, they don't do anything else. And now we discover early 2000 that stem cells from the bone marrow actually can become brain cells, heart cells. They can become everything. And uh, it just opened this world, you know, of, of, of utilizing these stem cells for repair, healing, and just health. Incredible. Would they be considered that, are they the pluripotent, pluripotent stem cells? 
there are different types of stem cells in the body that will go from, yeah, from pluripotent to multipotent. And then, you know, they, then you get into progenitor cells that are more associated to a tissue. Uh, but yes, adult stem cells from the bone marrow are definitely pluripotent stem cells. Awesome. So what about like, historically, what do we know are the major stimuluses or things that actually stimulate stem cell production? Like I'd imagine... Is it perhaps like being in an extreme environment like or low oxygen states? Like what are some of the stimulants for or stimuluses for increasing stem cell production? Well, let's let's really go back in. Um, uh, we need to realize that this research is 20 years old. It's very, very young in terms of research. And not only it's very young, but like any kind of research, the research is done in the field where there's an interest, if you want. And an interest in this world right now means where there is money to be made to a large extent. Mm -hmm. so, so a lot of the research came from how do you collect these stem cells to turn that into banks where you can use these stem cells and sell them? Uh, how can you isolate them for various treatments? So a lot of the research were done in, in that context. So people looking at the role of stem cells outside of, of these kinds of application, it's very, I mean, there's not a whole lot of research. So what I'm telling you is, is what is known, what I know of that field. Uh, if you talk about low oxygen, high altitude, those kinds of things, I'm not aware of research that has been done in this area. But I would suspect that in the same way that it stimulates red blood cell formation, it is likely to have some sort of an impact on stem cells. Mm. What I can tell you that we know is that one of the best way to release your own stem cells is, is tissue injury. So it looks strange, but an injury is what triggers through the natural process of tissue repair. An injury will trigger the release of stem cells from the bone marrow. The, 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 the best uh, opportunity uh, to create an injury is go to the gym and just like wreck yourself. So any kind of really, really severe training workout uh, is going to significantly increase the number of stem cells in circulation. To my knowledge, is the only thing that, that we can really do to, re to increase the number of circulating stem cells. Fasting has also been documented to uh, increase the number of circulating stem, stem cells. But as far as I know, uh, it, it's not just like, like um, intermittent fasting where you fast for 16 hours uh, or a little bit more. I'm talking three days fasting, at least in the scientific literature. That's what has been documented to increase the number of stem cells in circulation. Uh, hyper, hyperbaric chamber has been shown to increase also. Stem cell release, I don't know. I know that it was documented to increase stem cell proliferation, but if you do increase stem cell pro prolifer proliferation in the bone marrow, it will lead to an increase in the number of stem cells in circulation. What we, and then aside from these, with lifestyle, we can add alcohol will reduce, reduce the ability of stem cells to migrate in tissues and proliferate. Cigarette smoking would also reduce this. Not only the smoker, but if you capture and filter the air around, and you wow. put that filter, you take that filter and then dissolve it in water, take the water and, and expose stem cells to whatever is residues in the air, it will have the same effect as if you actually pass the cigarette smoke from the cigarette through a filter. So it's the smoker and people around them. Uh, poor sleep will also reduce the ability of stem cells to repair the brain. Uh, stress will, will suppress the ability of stem cells to go into tissues and proliferate. So if you, and it's linked to, uh, to cortisol. So it's, if you remove 
adrenal glands and you're stressing that up, obviously these were done in animals. So if you reduce, you remove adrenal glands, stress the animal and look at the effect of the stress on stem cells, you don't see an effect on stem cells if you've removed the body's ability to make stress hormones. Wow. So, but in modern life, who who is living not under stress? You know, so I would say one of the biggest uh, burden, if I could say, on our lives right now is just the constant stress that we're living, uh, you know, exposed to. So it reduces the ability of stem cells to do their job in the body. This is everything that I know of associated with lifestyle. But the field that I have developed is plant extract that can play a role in triggering the release of stem cells from your own bone marrow. So what can we do? Uh, what can we consume to be able to say every day, I'm going to put more stem cells in circulation because there's a direct link between how many stem cells you have in your bloodstream and your body's ability to repair and stay healthy. Well, this is what I'm really excited to get into, Christian, is um, in relation to some of the potent natural compounds and natural ingredients that are known to actually stimulate the production of stem cells in the body. So let's sort of dive deep into um, what are some of the known compounds and ingredients that are potent stimulants for stem cell production? Well, the first one, which is not necessarily the most potent, but it's the one on with which we have the most science because we have it for the longest. And it's really the one that with which I made all these discoveries uh, at first. So it's probably valuable to to explain a little bit or to tell the story of how we made these discoveries, because it, it really gives the background to me. I mean, I, I like to do it because it gives the listener the background of what happens when you really do scientific investigation? How is it that you make discoveries? How it happens? What it leads to? Uh, because I did not wake up one day and, and thinking, man, this field of stem cell research is cool. Why, you know, let's try to find a way to tap into this whole new thing. You know, it, it really did not happen that way. So I was working with this blue rhinology at the time, um, AFA from Klamath Lake. And and I was facing, we had discovered the active compounds that was anti-inflammatory, which was a benefit of the product. We discovered the compounds that stimulated mental clarity. And we had developed, discovered the, the product, the compound that was supporting uh, the immune system, which were really the three main benefits of this product. Uh, but but along of this, I had I, I came across people who talked about reversal of multiple sclerosis, reversal of Parkinson, Alzheimer's, uh, severe uh, long problem, emphysema, uh, and these are just cases, you know. So they don't have any scientific value. But when you get you know fifty, a hundred of these, they're just cases, but they start to all together, you know, to mean something. Uh, so to me, the one that was really the turning point was two, two cases that I, that I came across. One was a letter that I received from uh, a, a, a chief of an Indian tribe in, um, in, in Washington state. And he's telling me a story, you know, he had been diabetic, insulin dependent for about 40 years, had a heart problem, five bypass surgeries in the years past. And he basically uh, reserved his place at the, at the cemetery, prepared his departure. And then somebody gave him this product. He started to take the product. And he basically said, well, I just want to say thank you because my last visit to my doctor, my heart is fine. By the way, I've not been using insulin now for the past two years. Uh, so thank you very much. I'm dedicating my life to my people. Why would somebody write something like this if there was not something to it? The case that really became my thorn in, the, in my thigh, if you want, was 
this lady who sent me a photo album with a letter. And in the letter, she's describing that when she was 12, she was walking with a kerosene lamp. She tripped and burned herself on the face, chest, and arm third degree. She was heavily scarred, typical third degree burns. And 50 years later, when she was 60, somebody gave her this product. She started to take it. She said the scars started to inflame, to get red, itchy but it felt to her healing itchiness. So she kept taking the product. She took a picture of herself in the mirror every week. And then she ends her letter by saying, go and look in the photo album. So you, you go through the photo album and you go from heavy third degree burns, scars, to basically the last pictures, no scars left. Oh. And so, so the only thing you can say is you can't deny that. There's no study. It's not a medical record, but you can't deny it. So we started to look at two why, what could be the active compound uh, or the active mechanism of action of this, of this product? So we are in the, in the mid to late 1990s. Uh, all the science of omega-3 fatty acid is coming out. Omega-3 fatty acid has been associated with heart function, cardiovascular function, repair to the skin. So, so I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, is AFA just an exceptional source of omega-3 fatty acid? We did a study in association with uh, Harvard University, and we found that indeed, it's a great source of omega-3. But at the end, great data, but if it's a great source of omega-3, anybody taking like two tablespoons of flaxseed oil should somewhere see some of these benefits as well. So great data, but at the end, really, it was not the answer. Until one day, a colleague of mine sent me an article, and the title was Turning Blood into Brain. It was uh, a study on leukemia in which scientists injected male stem cells into female, radiated female mice, because you can follow the Y chromosome, so you could follow the reconstitution of the bone marrow in the blood. It was, the conclusion is, what, is that it was a successful treatment for leukemia, but they found a neuron in the brain with the Y chromosome, meaning that that came from the bone marrow. I'm a neuroscientist by training. We were all told that the, the brain does not regenerate. And here's a study showing that you've got a neuron there that came from the bone marrow. So I thought, what, like, is it the only observation? Do we have observation in other tissues? So this is pre, it predates the time when all the scientific literature was on the internet. So I went to the local scientific library and I started to dig in the scientific literature. And I found one other paper of, of stem cells being documented to become the brain and the liver. So now you just sit back with that information. If stem cells can become heart, brain, and liver, why not pancreas, lung, skin, and the rest? It cannot just be these three and not the rest. So I published an article in the journal Medical Hypotheses suggesting that stem cells are the repair system of the body. Because in the back of my mind, what I thought is that if stem cells are the repair system of the body, if I put more stem cells in your bloodstream, they will go into the pancreas of the diabetic, the heart of the heart patient, the brain of the Parkinson patient or the multiple sclerosis patient, the skin of the lady that has a scar that is still an active scar, so it was just a hypothesis. What if AFA acts as a stem cell mobilizer? In 2001, completely ludicrous and far-fetched ideas for which we were ridiculed all the time uh, in sometimes very funny ways, but, but it's the only hypothesis that we had. So we bought a flow cytometer, we developed the lab, we started to feed our, we started to take this product, which we had consumed for a number of years now, but we started to take it took our own blood samples, counted the number of stem cells, and very quickly discovered that that's what it does. Within an hour of consumption, you get a significant increase in the number of circulating stem cells. 
So we basically wanted to prove the concept, uh, prove the, the mechanism of action, publish all of this, and that was our first product on the marketplace. It's incredible. With, um, with that particular ingredient, the AFA that you mentioned, um, and you sort of like discovered that it, it, it wasn't just the omega-3s present in this particular uh, blue-green algae they just mentioned, it's actually there were some other constituents present that were responsible for the effects. Mm-hmm. Um, what what are they? Do we do we understand what they are now, like, or do we have suspicions <clears throat> as, as to what they are? Yeah. So so when we come out, so we are in two thousand one, and we come out with a product that puts twenty five percent more stem cells in your blood circulation. The answer by every single scientist that we're talking to is so what? It means nothing. Plus. Is it real? Like it may just be like fluctuation in the blood. You're not proving anything. Uh, so good, you know, they pushed us. So we, we, we went along the way to try to prove this. Now go, dig a little bit deeper. So what we did is that we started to look back at what is the, what is it that can trigger stem cell release? So there is, I, I won't go too much into detail because it gets complex pretty quickly, but stem cells are maintained in the bone marrow by what they call the SDF1 CXCR4 connection. So it's a receptor that connects with a molecule and it triggers the adhesion of stem cells in the bone marrow. Anything you do to interfere with this connection, you will trigger release of stem cells from the bone marrow. The natural reaction of the body is to secrete growth factors that go to the bone marrow and trigger the the ability of the bone marrow to secrete an enzymes that will digest that molecule. Without that molecule, there's nothing touching the receptor, the stem cell will detach from the bone marrow. So we thought looking at the mechanism of action, the speed of the response, the extent of the response, that we might have had something that will dysregulate the receptor. And to downregulate the receptor, one of the mechanism of action is to block L-selectin, which is the activator of that receptor in stem cells. So we look, do we have a blocker of L-selectin? So we, we, it, it happens that L-selectin is available as a molecule to buy you know, in, in, in the pharmaceutical world. So we bought L-selectin, we connected them with magnetic beads, and we basically incubated our AFA extract with this L-selectin. And if there's anything in there, we will fish it out. And then you put a magnet beside the test tube, you recollect all your L-selectin, you rinse everything, then you wow. break that bonds and you run this on gel electrophoresis. Do I see something or not? I mean, this is like, I mean, this is research, you know, do you get something or not? And we saw one specific band in the gel. So we did fish out of AFA one specific compound that binds to L-selectin. And then we did a number of tests and we discovered that it is indeed a blocker of L-selectin. And wow. it's, the, it's the mechanism of action by which we downregulate the receptor that stem cell use to stay in the bone marrow. Now, wow. the next question is, is does that mean anything? So, and for this, we used an animal model. So it's a mouse model. Uh, we could use any kind of mouse model, but we are in the US. So if we have, we cannot make any kinds of health claim for the, for a disease. So we tried to look for a model that was not a di- disease. It was just pure tissue repair. So we injected cardiotoxin in the muscle of a mouse. It kills that the muscle. And then we basically had two groups, one control group and the other group in, with, in which uh, we basically fed these mice with this AFA extract. And then we looked at tissue repair. And what we saw is that in the group in which we put more stem cells in circulation, you have a much, much 
greater extent of tissue repair. And what we did in that study, we wanted to prove two things. We wanted to prove that you get more repair, but the repair is really coming from the stem cells. So we basically injected in these stem cells, fluorescent stem cells. So if these stem cells are fluorescent going to the muscle and regenerate the muscle, your new muscle tissue will be fluorescent. And that's what we were able to show is that you've got the whole muscle reconstituted six weeks later, but it's entirely fluorescent. So it came from stem cells from the bone marrow. Wow. So that's, that's, how, we, that's how we developed the concept, prove the concept, prove yeah. the mechanism of action, and be able to satisfy all these questions, you know, about about what was behind all of this yeah it's incredible incredible stuff christian like i'm really fascinated in um i love learning about like scientific discoveries and different pathways and and all sorts of experiments that you know researchers undergo to discover specific mechanisms of action like i love that sort of stuff so you broke that down really well um what i want to do is actually look into like the synergistic ingredients now like you've obviously mentioned Mm -hmm. the afa but I'm sure there are other things you considered as, as part of this formula to really strengthen and, and make the overall formula even more powerful. Well, like put yourself in my shoes. We discover here that we have an ingredient that has an effect on stem cells. Stem cells are your repair system. Today, it's very well accepted. So if it's your repair system, it's like your immune system. It has evolved in symbiosis with the environment. You cannot have just one plant that has an effect on stem cells. The moment you realize that a plant can have an effect on your ability to repair by having an effect on stem cells, you've got to have other plants. So how do you find them? So you just ask the same question, which plant has been used historically uh, and has been associated with a broad variety of health benefits? Medicinal mushroom, goji berry, ficoidan from seaweed, those kinds of plants. Uh, So we tested all of them they pretty much all had an effect on stem cells. Uh, some of them significant, others less. Uh, where we really hit something significant is when we start to go into remote areas of the world and ask locally, like you go to Madagascar, you go to Papua New Guinea, you go to, to South America, uh, on the Tibetan plateau in China. What are people using locally uh, for a broad variety of benefits. And nobody has ever looked at stem cells. So they're documented to, to be good for the heart, the brain, uh, the lung, cardiovascular system, repair of the skin. If I come across one of those, then my thought is maybe the, the mechanism of action, the bottom line is stem cell stimulation. So we have in that way uh, come across Sibakton berry from the Tibetan plateau used in Chinese medicine, traditional uh, Tibetan medicine, Mongolian medicine, used for health of the lung, the heart, cardiovascular system, the pancreas, diabetes, and help repair from bone fractures and burn to the skin. That tells me quite possibly here an effect on stem cells. We developed an extract, we tested it, and we got a really good response on, on its on effect on release of stem cells from the bone marrow. One day, I'm uh, randomly meeting a pharmacist uh, and then she happens to have a, 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 a uh, how could I say, a, uh, a, um, a dream in her life, something that she loves doing. She travels the world and she spends at times weeks at a time uh, trekking in the Congo, Papua New Guinea, South America, Madagascar, looking for plants for um, Parkinson and Alzheimer's. So I asked her, did you come across a plant that was that the healer said, this is good for everything? And he, she laughed because obviously in pharmacology, you, these plants don't really exist. So you don't really believe when you hear these things. And she started laughing and she said, interesting, on my last trip to Madagascar, the guide and translator basically on the way back to the airport stopped 
in a small uh, um, market in a village and scooped a whole bag of these black beads. And he gave that to me and he says, that's what you need to study. What do you do as a scientist if somebody tells you that's what you need to study? I mean, you study it for what? So she put it in her freezer and it had been five years in her freezer. So she sent me these beads, we tested them and we got the best response that we had. So what was it? It was a unique species of aloe called aloe macroclada that you find only in Madagascar and that had been used for centuries locally by people for back pain, digestive problems, liver regeneration. And the main thing here was to help reverse hair color and to, to keep grandpa working in the field uh, you know, as he's getting older. So, and this change in hair color is something that I, that I realized the more I was studying plants that had an effect on stem cells, they all had somewhere in their background, it's been used locally by people to reverse your hair color. So when I heard this, I, we, we, we continued to study it and we discovered it is now, it is the strongest uh, ingredient that we have had so far. So we developed a system to collect it in Madagascar. So now we have a co-op, uh, we have evaluated the, the density of, uh, surveyed the density of these plants in nature so that as we harvest, we can replace them. So we have planted so far up to about 100,000 new plants with my partner there uh, in Madagascar. He was a biochemist, pharmacist to basically quit his job, went there, he lives there now. He did a fabulous work of developing a co-op of farmers who all have access to to these national lands. It is part of the CITES list of plants that are, I wouldn't say endangered, but they are traditional to Madagascar. So we cannot touch it. They have to be harvested by Malagasy people. Uh, so basically we've developed a, a very nice project with them. So all these plants were discovered in that process. And as you look at to at the, the, the dynamics of the response. So AFA was this quick response. And then after that, going back to baseline, but seabuck thornberry is this long after two, three hours is still climbing. Alumacroclada, it's a different curve, but also climbing two, three hours later. And we know that they have different notogensin acts through a different mechanism of action. Uh, it's another ingredient that we've worked with. So my idea of blending them together was that if they all work different, with different mechanism of action, then they're all going to enhance each other. So that what, that's what we have in the blend that I've created. I've blended the top five plants that we have seen over the years have an effect on stem cell mobilization. Incredible stuff. I mean, just to hear about the, uh, the way in which you discover these plants, then also the effort that you guys you know, went into to actually develop the best of the best of these plant extracts is really incredible. Um, as far as like, dosages are concerned for example like for the everyday person i'd imagine like from a specific age you would require more of the actual um like a, a higher potency versus like let's say someone in the age between let's say 20 to 30 you know maybe their stem cell yeah. is actually quite high so do you want to sort of expand upon that let me give you the long answer because because here it's something that i think is fascinating and uh and I'm hearing a lot of what I consider misconception in the whole field of stem cells. This idea that if you pass like 40, 50 years old, that's it, you're done. You know, your stem cells are worthless. And, uh, and so when I started in all of this, so we're back in the early 2000s, I'm thinking that I'm having this product that stimulates stem cell release. Stem cells are the repair system. We should see great results. So I'm starting to share the product with as many people that I can come across with this concept that in young people, let's say below 20, 25, 
it's not going to do a whole lot. They already have, you already have a lot of stem cells. And before I go further, it's just important to understand stem cells are made by the red marrow. And as we age, red marrow converts into yellow marrow or fatty marrow that does not make stem cells. And that conversion happens very early in life. By age 30, you have lost about 95% of your red marrow. So you have red marrow now only in your pelvic bone, your rib cage, your sternum, pretty much head of the femur, those kinds of things, your skull. But, but quantity-wise, it's, it's back to, to not a whole lot compared to what you started with. And, and it, it's, it, it really corresponds also to how many stem cells you have in circulation. And how many stem cells you have in circulation dictates how well your body can repair and stay healthy. So, so coming from that information comes back this idea that below 25, yeah, I mean, you put more stem cells in circulation, but you know, you already have plenty. Past 50, you have too little, and it's probably not going to do a whole lot. In my mind, I thought maybe past 80, it's not going to do a whole lot. I can tell you the 20 years of working with these products that stimulate the release of your own stem cells, nothing that I have observed confirms that, that idea. The best way to summarize everything that I have seen is more stem cells in circulation at any point in your life, your body will use them for repair. Of course, this more is not going to be the same thing as if you were 25, but no matter what it is, if you can put... 50% more in your body at 75, you will use them for tissue repair. And that little tissue repair that you get at that age, you will experience it as great quality of great increase in quality of life. So we have had studies, we have published some of that data, uh, but here's a study, for example, on congestive heart failure. So you provide a blend of these plants to people with sustained, stable congestive heart failure. They're all 65 and above. Within six months, you get an average of 20% increase in eject ejection fraction. This is very significant. This is wow in terms of data. In that group, we've had up to 60% increase in ejection fraction. We have one person we've published on that who was a 13% ejection fraction. And within about six to eight weeks, it was pretty much a normalized normal 65-year-old. When I saw him at 75, he was a normal 75-year-old, able to run, do push-ups. He was not an athlete. He was just a normal 65-year-old or 75-year-old. So at that age, his stem cells, their stem cells were all able to do the job. And I have the same thing at a very young age. One of the early case that was actually for me the genesis of a concept that I think is very important to, to talk about. It was a case of a four-year-old girl. She had spinal myopathy, genetic disease. She had two ants completely paralyzed in wheelchair. So the doctor told the mother, this child will never improve. So this is, she's only going to go down. She had never stood up. She had never walked. She had crawled some on the floor, but that's the, the best she would do. So the mother asked me, will this product help my daughter? And I said, it won't because you're going to release stem cells that have the same genetic disease. So it's not going to help. Well, she gave the daughter or daughter the product anyway. And three weeks later, I get an email. For the first time, her daughter stood up. Three weeks later, she made five steps. A matter of a month or two later, she was walking and playing with other kids. The only way that I can explain this, these results, because we have not changed anything to, to the disease process. The only thing I can explain it is that if a new stem cell go into the spinal cord or in the muscle and become a nerve tissue cells, 
that new cells will degenerate much faster than in a normal person because they have that disease. But if I can replenish faster than I lose, then I can reach functionality. And that led to the whole understanding, and I published on this in 2013, the whole understanding that your health actually is not going through maturity, reaching peak health, and going through this slow decline, then you try to maintain your health as you age. Your entire life, your health is a balance between how much you have tissue loss, cellular loss, and how much you can do tissue repair with how many stem cells you have. When you cross that 30, that's when you slowly start to lose that balance. But through that process, at any age, if you can retail that balance in any way, your body will use these stem cells for tissue repair. So after all of this, if I come back to your question, how many to take, it also depends. Okay, let me add another layer to this because the answer to this is simple, you know, but at the end, there's a lot of consideration into it. If you look at your normal blood test, your blood work, you take a blood sample, you get your blood results, and you will see that, look at your red blood cells, for example. It's, it's going to be between 4 million to 8 million per microliter. So that's about your range. That's about twice. At four to nine, it's about twofold, okay? You look at just about any kind of blood parameters and your range is a very narrow range. In the studies that we have done, we have quantified anywhere between 0.05 stem cells per microliter to five stem cells per microliter. You've got a hundredfold range wow. in the normal population. So what I believe it is, is that whatever is your normal capacity of making stem cells, how active the red marrow that you have left at any age in your life, how active that is, you could be a 60-year-old with more repair power than a 30-year-old that started with a, a sluggish bone marrow, if you want. So at the end of the day, it also depends how much of a good responder you are and mobilizer. So in the early days, that lady with the burns that reversed, this, this chief, this Native American, Native American chief, were they people who just responded so well to, a, to the blue-green algae before we did the extract that concentrated the active compound? Were they simply the people who responded better? And when you have a stronger product, then you get more people to respond. Because when we look at it that way, all the studies that we did in order to take advantage of having a clinic and researchers and a, a pool of patients, we always did two capsules three times a day. And that way, we can make sure we get the data. We have studies done on, on quadriplegics, on heart failure, on, 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 on problems for which medicine cannot do anything, and we, got, we have good results. So we did that in their studies. But the cases that, that were brought to us for which we could have access to the medical file, for which we got all this medical file, talked to the, the treating physician, sent all that data to a board of doctors and, and scientists that could analyze that data. That's how we did all of our studies that we published. These people, they were not into a prospective study in which we, we offered the product. So they took just two capsules a day and they had stellar results. So at the end oh. of the day, here's what I would say. Start with two, see what it does for you. Don't spend six months at two capsules a day because you may realize that the moment you go to two capsules three times a day, that's when your body really kicks in. So experience that earlier on because the more repair you do earlier on, the, the sooner you can go back onto a simple maintenance dose. So I would say to me, the best way to take the product, 
Start with two a day, then slowly give yourself a week or two, ramp it up to two, three times a day. Do this for maybe just a month or two. Experience what your body can do with three wave of five to eight million stem cells in addition, additional in your bloodstream. See what your, your body can do with this. And then after that, go back down. And if at some point you realize, well, when I go back down, I don't feel the same benefit. Maybe you need to stay with those three, uh, uh, two capsules three times a day for a little longer. But soon, at some point in time, two capsules a day is going to be a good maintenance for staying healthy. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Really well explained, Christian. Um, as far as, I guess, when it comes to, so we've got the dosages, we've sort of confirmed dosages. What I'm really curious about is uh, like the future research. Like I'd imagine you guys maybe have some clinical trials in the pipeline, things that you're really, really excited to see more of. Like what do you guys have in the pipeline? What's, what, what's there to look forward to as well? Well, two things. It's a very good question. Two things. One that ties back to what I was just talking about before. If we consider that health now is a balance between cellular loss and tissue repair that is based on stem cells, that means that people who have more stem cells in circulation because of this causal relationship of more stem cells able to repair the tissues as you age, they are those that, that age with health. Conversely, the one that lose their health are the people with fewer stem cells. That would basically coin stem cells as being a risk factor for, for losing your health or developing problems. So that's what I published in 2013 in a, in a, in a, in, in a proposal that, that we age, actually, I'm not saying it's the only reason, but the core mechanism of aging or developing diseases is that we don't have enough stem cells to do day-to-day -day repair. If that is true, there's one way to test it. Go count the number of stem cells in the bloodstream of people with any kind of age-related diseases. And what do you see? And now many of these have been published. So you look, you look at people with uh, type 2 diabetes, uh, COPD, emphysema, lung disease, heart disease, ischemic heart disease, atherosclerosis, liver failure, kidney failure, erectile dysfunction, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, Parkinson, Alzheimer's. It's almost like anytime there's a new one, they see the same relationship. These people all have less than half the number of stem cells that you find in somebody of the same age who is healthy. There's a direct link. You lose your health because you lose your ability to day-to-day -day repair. So once we understand this, it think, I mean, to me, it is so clear. One way to be basically elevate the overall health of the general population, let's just increase, enhance, support people's ability to repair. It, it's going to change the face of the earth in terms of health. Number one, continue to push the data in that direction. And for this, what I'm working on is by a meta-analysis, a review of the, of the entire scientific literature, can we determine what is the number of stem cells under which somebody is at risk to develop a problem? Because if we do this and we couple with this a method to quickly quantify stem cells, because now you can't, I mean, you can, you can have a flow cytometer to do this, but you cannot go to your doctor and just ask how many stem cells do you have? But I'm working with a company now and we could have a system that would allow you to go to your doctor's clinic and if he buys this equipment for not a whole lot of money, could quantify how many stem cells you have. It's going to be a game changer into, into now bringing this concept to mainstream medicine, health, and wellness. So that's number one. Number two, aside from continuing to, 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 uh, uh, to have more, uh, to, see, to discover more plans that can have an effect on stem cells, it's to basically 
drilled down into specific applications. Eurydice themselves, they can go everywhere. They become, become, they can become everything. I've been carrying this message for 20 years and I'm reaching this conclusion, call me slow, but I'm reaching this conclusion. Something that is good for everything is not used for anything. You need to really drill it for specific applications. So right now we're really drilling because of the past data that we have on heart disease, congestive heart failure. So we have a study right now where we do, uh, we have three groups, people on stem regen, people on stem cell injection, people on stem cell injection and stem regen, because historically this is where we see the greatest benefits. So we can start to talk about coupling stem cell mobilizer with stem cell injection, but also what these products can do alone for the kind of problems where we have seen benefits in the past, heart, brain, colitis, those kinds of things. So we'll continue to research in that direction. But the place where I have a, an enormous uh, interest and, and it's the thing that keeps me sort of uh, motivated in all this research is that you release stem cells, but you want them to go to your heart. Somebody else wants them to go to his brain. Somebody else wants them to go to, to his lung. But in reality, they will go where there is signaling. So oftentimes when you develop a, chron a chronic disease, there is this sort of insidious loop where that organ is oftentimes hidden from your repair system. Otherwise, stem cells would have migrated there. So we need to be able to enhance the flow of stem cells and the delivery of stem cells into that tissue. So starting to work with peptides, stem cell mobilization and peptides, for example, stem cell mobilization and, and light therapy or vibration sound therapy directed at specific parts of the body, stem cell mobilization and acupuncture, are, are, can we find ways when we can release your own stem cells and then start to drive them to various tissues? Until we have these methods, what I'm telling people, use the tissue that you want to regenerate. Uh, if, if it is a, a joint, take, release stem cells with, some, with stem regen, for example, and go take a walk, squat, generate some level of pain or discomfort because now that area is screaming for repair. Make the area visible to your body. I remember a case years ago of somebody who had a stroke and he was not able to move his hand. And I say, well, draw with your hand. And he looks at me and he says, idiot, I'm telling you, I'm paralyzed. I cannot draw. I don't care whether you can or not. That's not the point. The point is try because now you reveal the flaw to your old system and now you, you allow to signal. And indeed, he did recover some, some benefits. So, so that's the direction that I'm looking at right now, ways where you can target where the stem cell that you've just released, where they can go. And, and you, do that, you do that every day and, and the cumulative benefits became, can become over time quite significant. Yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely exciting. I love to hear um, you know, professionals in their field willing and open-minded to utilize multimodality approaches to, to fixing and treating uh, you know, disorders and diseases, which is incredible taking that multimodal approach. Um, I've got a question for you, Christian, in regards to like the product format itself. Like, was there a reason why um, we went down the oral capsule pathway? Did you ever consider like a sublingual approach or like an eye drops or a different, pro I don't know, like a different product format? It's an interesting question. Before I just go there, let me just back up on one thing that, that I started to talk and I kind of went into a different direction. As we're studying all these plants, uh, we study like medicinal mushroom, goji berry, colostrum, those kinds of things. 
And we saw a completely unexpected response. We saw a sudden drop in the number of stem cells. Quite frankly, for about six months, it was a headache. We stopped, cleaned the machine, changed the reagent, threw away our antibodies, buy new antibodies. Like, this is a mistake. Until we realized that it was not a mistake because it was accompanied by an increase in the density of the receptors at the surface of stem cells that are connecting with the molecule released by an injured tissue. So if you make the stem cell more responsive, then they disappear faster from the bloodstream. So you, you, so you see a decrease. So the moment that we start to discover or document these plants, then it kind of, it's like just common sense. Although this migration process is very poorly studied in science, it's very clear that if you release the stem cells and it goes into the heart to repair the heart, it has to leave the blood circulation and go into the tissue. So even though we don't document well this path, uh, if we can do it, then it's good. So we started to blend our plants that release stem cells with plants that stimulate migration. So this is really how we blended them uh, together. So the reason why we went with an oral product is, is really because if you look at all these plants, the way that they had been historically used was by oral consumption. So the question was for a long time, and even to this day, when I tell you we found the mechanism of action, we still have a question as to, is it the only mechanism of action? Because some of our data at some point were subject, suggestive that it could very well be that we have a gut-brain relationship with, one of the, with a few of these ingredients. So you connect with Paris patches, they connect to the brain, and then we know that the nervous system has connection to the bone marrow. By the way, if you block noradrenaline, Whatever you do to release stem cells, you don't release stem cells. The bone marrow will not release stem cells wow. if you use a noradrenergic blocker. So wow. right there, you know that there is an implication from the brain. You know that you have nerve terminals into all the fine capillaries of the body. And stem cells have on their surface receptors for all the main neurotransmitters. So the picture is way more complex here than what I'm describing. So somewhere, there are mechanisms of action that we know are present when you consume that plant and it goes into your digestive system. Are some of these ingredients, do they need to be digested by the digestive system to release some of the active? I don't know. So at the end, we just mimicked the route of, of intake that historically had been used with all these, these ingredients. That's really why we did it. Yeah. Well, that's um, interesting, Christian, because I was just thinking about like the, um, the role and implication of the microbiome and also how some of these like herbal extracts that have like uh, they have like a postbiotic effect or a modbiotic effect or a psychobiotic effect, and and a lot of those effects can be due to modulations in specific strains of bacteria. And I'd imagine that there would have to be certain strains that are associated with increasing stem cell production, like certain microbial strains that are linked with that. You know. We're too early in that research, and you're bringing a really good question for which I have absolutely no answer today. What is the difference between the people who have a great response to stem regen, people who say, yeah, I have a good response, to people who say, I don't have any response? Is it because of their intestinal flora? Do we need a part of the intestinal flora to reveal some of these actives? I would think that not just because we have five of these ingredients with slightly different mechanisms of action, very different. Uh, active compounds and um, 
So you would think that this effect could be on one of these ingredients, but not all five. Yeah. So I would think that not, but it, it's absolutely something that would be fascinating to look at. What is the effect on, 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 on intestinal flora or the, the effect of intestinal flora on stem cells? We know, for example, that the active compound in the seabuckthorn berry, which I studied very reluctantly because everything that we had studied before was polysaccharide base. And now I have a seabuckthorn berry where all my actives are polyphenols. So I, I never had a polyphenol before that had an effect on stem cells. But there was good clues that it would work. We tested it. So now we start to look at other products that are that contains unique polyphenols, unique blends of polyphenols. And polyphenols are notorious to to so that the one that you put in your mouth are not the one that you find in your blood because they're transformed by your flora. So absolutely, the flora could have a significant impact in 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 the effect on stem cells. Yeah, it's really fascinating. And also as part of that, Christian, um, obviously we understand that stem cells play a massive role in the aging process or, or slowing down the aging process. But also we know that there are dip, like many other hallmarks of aging Stem cell therapy being one of them, as you 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 really drive that home and think that's like mm. the leading contributor. But obviously, then you've got telomere um, length, and then you've got um, epi, uh, DNA methylation. Then you've got other pathways. But I'd imagine these ingredients in this um, product would also target those pathways as well, right? Like, I mean, th that's the beauty of these ingredients. They've all they've been used for centuries. They've all been associated with different types of mechanism of action. We just we just discover a new one. So these ingredients definitely uh, have an action on other parts, you know, of, of the body. Uh, you mentioned uh, telomere length. I'm just I know that I may start here a controversy, but but here's my thought on that one. Uh, the research on telomere length were actually done on a mouse model where you inhibit telomerase. So you actually have no regeneration of the telomere. These mice develop very, very early signs of aging. They were a model that was made where you can reactivate telomerase in these animals. When you reactivate telomerase, these young mice, young mice with a lot of sick signs of aging suddenly reversed. So it revealed this like powerfully re rejuvenative aspect of telomerase. But there's no humans with an absence of telomerase. That data is really on in a genetic model in the lab. When you really use ingredients that lengthen telomeres, in all the studies that I've seen, the effect is extremely mild over a year's time, over a 12 months time. So here's, here's where I'm going with this. A new stem cell that goes into a tissue and becomes a tissue cell, that stem cell has telomerase. The telomere has full length in that new cell. So... Are we basically, when you measure aging, rejuvenation with telomere, is it really the telomere that you lengthen? Or have you just refreshed your tissues overall with just more new cells? So overall, your average telomere length is actually longer. My hypothesis is that that's what we're doing with telomeres. Wow. I love that. Yeah. I mean, this is, I really like this discussion. And I think I, I know my audience is going to love it as well, because I was just thinking about some of those that listen in here and um, some of the, some of the guests that I've had in the past, like I would love to get us all on like a group podcast to talk about this and get a discussion going with some of the big, some of the big names in the anti-aging space, people like, you know, David Sinclair and, and the mm -hmm. likes of that, cause this is a, this is a profound discussion. It would be. 
<laughs> yeah. So maybe Christian, so obviously as far as the STEM regen product, you've sort of outlined the dosages, the ingredients, um, I'm going to leave a link to those who want to learn more about STEM regen in the, in the podcast show notes, but are there any other like final words about the product itself or things that people should be aware of before starting the product? Nothing. I think that people should, well, let me just put that out. Uh, we, we have seen over the years, a probably the, the, the largest number of people come back with benefits to any kind of joint issues. Uh, we have never studied as to what is it? Is it helping to regenerate tendons, muscles, cartilage? You know, I, I don't know what it is, uh, but it is a very, very common uh, type of benefit. Interestingly, in that population, I would say maybe like 10% of the people will first report that ah, the pain is, is stronger. Like there's almost like an exacerbation. And I would say virtually every single case, reduce the dose if you want, go to half a capsule if you have to, stay with it most of the time within a matter of 10 days all of you've gone through that phase and then most people report great benefits after aside from that i don't think there's any anything to say really uh, about the product the only thing i could say is that there is tons of of literature i mean thousands of studies uh it is basically uh my book cracking the stem cell code although it was written in 2010 the latest edition was 2021 so it's not recent literature but even even as of 2010 there were already thousands of studies talking about if you put more stem cells in circulation your body will utilize them for tissue repair they may not go where you want them to go but understand they go and they repair if they did not go and repair you would not be alive today you have Studies have shown when I talk about the number, the stem cells replacing tissue that is that is undergoing degeneration. Studies are showing right now, very very convincingly, that you lose cells every day in various tissues. It is not a slow decline. Every tissues are in a process of turnover. You get half of a new heart every twenty five years, a new liver every two three years. You're along four to six years. The number of years is not clear because very few studies have been done to study that but yeah. you are constantly in, in process of turnover. If your stem cells did not work in your body, you would not be alive. So yeah. when you release them, they do the work. They may not do what you want them to do. You may not feel what they're doing. They do the work. Count on them and trust them. Awesome. Well, um, Christian, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It was an absolute uh, great discussion. And um, I certainly learned a lot about different ingredients and I learned a ton about stem cells so i'll make sure for those listening in if you do want to learn more about the stem regen product i'll make sure to have that linked in the um in the show notes but uh otherwise christian yeah thanks again for coming on the show thank you so much a pleasure awesome. planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.